Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. So first of all, you may notice that um, we do not have armed guards. And of course, we moved our uniforms so that they looked less like police and more like, um, you know, service specialists. And some of the people who live in our neighborhood, they're on the bus. They're looking for the kids and they talk to them and they'll ask them, where are you going today? And <laughs> so we, it's really just a lot of fun. I've actually had a tour of the entire operation. We've, we've translated as much as we can to our deputies, and, and they actually, Sarah, those deputies are actually trained by Metrolink uh, trainers. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. One of the last conversations I had before the pandemic upended life as we know it was with Tolby Roach. He's the CEO of Bi-State Development, which runs public transit throughout the region. And he was here in early March to discuss the agency's response to longstanding concerns about its safety. That included the creation of a four-pronged system-wide security strategy aimed at reducing, quote, the rate and perception of crime on transit. Now, that was on March 4th, and neither Tolby nor I had any idea what was about to hit us. But Bi-State did go ahead with that plan, despite everything else that has happened in this area and around the world. And today, Tolby Roach is back with an update. So, Tolby, welcome back. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. And we're also joined today by one of Bi-State's partners in carrying out the plan, and that is St. Louis Sheriff Vernon Betts. So, Sheriff Betts, welcome. Sarah, good to be here with you. Tolby, let's start with you. Refresh my memory from March. What were some of the key components of this safety plan? Well, in a way, I mean, one of the biggest keys and the headliner here is partnership. And that's one of the reasons why the sheriff is on the line today. So one of the things that we needed to do to professionalize our approach for making transit not only safe but comfortable is to employ and strengthen all of these relationships with these professional police departments. And for instance, Sheriff Betts was kind enough to sit down with us and and talk it out and see how, for instance, his folks could help us improve safety and security on transit. And since, since September, they've done that. Yep, we're in the midst of a pandemic and we're working through that. And let me tell you, those, those uh, effects have been devastating on ridership. But in the meantime, we have this period of time that we can continue to grind and work and increase how our system works and how safe it is. The sheriff has been a tremendous help in getting that done. I need these partnerships and we're going to continue to strengthen them. So, Sheriff, uh, tell us this. How has the work of your deputies when it comes to supporting Metro Transit, how has that shifted over the last year? Well, what we've actually done is sat down with Metro, got a good understanding from the supervisor as to what they wanted us to do and how they wanted us to do that. They wanted us to come up with two-man teams. Uh, we're stationed at uh, just about every 
station within the city limits, and we have certain hours that we uh, patrol the uh, the station area, and and also at this point we're actually also riding Metrolink. So we're following. We, we sit down. I've had uh, several conversations with Victor and Vern. Those are people that work for Metro uh, that give us guidance as to how they want the St. Louis Sheriff's Department to interact with the other security units. And so we've sat down with all those units. I've actually had a tour of, uh, Toby, I don't know if you know that, but I've actually had a tour of the entire operation, have a good idea as to how you guys operate. We've, we've translated as much as we can to our deputies, and, and they actually, Sarah, those deputies are actually trained by Metrolink uh, trainers, so mm-hmm. we, 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 have a, we have a script that we go by. And so I think we've interacted, filtered right in, and we're on those platforms throughout the city, two-man crews, and then also riding the train. And I think, from what I'm hearing from my guys that are working, that, that we've, uh, we've accomplished some, some things to really help bring a safety to the ride for those people that are riding Metrolink. Toby, what do you think? Oh, my gosh, Sheriff. It's been a big difference. And you know what's interesting is I often get asked, when are we going to be, quote, done with Metrolink? <laughs> okay? And I, I got to tell question. you. <laughs> yes. We're never going to be done because we, just like our community changes and involves, and, you know, look, obviously St. Louis today is very different than it was in, you know, 2010 and, and 1996. Um but you know what the sheriff said, a really key component, he talked about cross-training. So that's training in protocols having to do with how we take care of transit in St. Louis. How do we make it friendly? How do we make it uh, enjoyable so that people see those same uniforms of those officers who live in their neighborhoods, who, who go to school with their kids, about people who care about the community and want to do things and essentially want to make that transit neighborhood somewhere that everybody wants to be. Hmm. Hey, hey, Sarah, one of the, and Toby, one of the things that I want to point out, you know, as a St. Louis Sheriff deputy, we, we've spent most of our time here in the courthouse. We have to be customer friendly. We have to be able to relate to the public. Uh, if when you're working here in the courthouse, you got all kind of folks coming and going. You got to be able to greet those folks. And so all of my deputies have had that kind of training, and we bring that to our job at Metrolink, that kind of customer uh, service. That's what we want to present, not just a force to be reckoned with, but but a friendly force that you can communicate with. And And I think it's really helped out. So how do you begin to do that um, with officers? I feel like so often there's kind of this attitude of we need people to be there with guns. We need them to look tough. It sounds like what you're what you're saying, Sheriff Betts, is is a vastly different attitude than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just in the fact that we are St. Louis Sheriff deputies, we have uh, guns, wearing guns and badges and and all that kind of stuff. But but still, there's a a, a human a humane attitude or a humanitarian attitude that you have to bring to any job when you're working in the public. So you have to be customer-friendly. I think you can still get your point across in trying to get people to cooperate with you when you have situations on the on the, the train or on the platform, and you can do it in a uh, 
friendly or kind of way. You, you don't have to come across like you're the bad guy. Hmm. And, and so that's what we try to promote here at the courthouse. And I think we promote, we, we, we express that same sentiment when we're at the uh, MetroLink, when we're trying to perform those duties also. So, Toby, it sounds like that's clearly um, the attitude the sheriff's office takes to all its duties across the board. Do you feel like you have buy-in from all the different law enforcement officers that handle this part of this line? As you mentioned, the sheriff is just doing stuff within the city. That's that's where they have jurisdiction. Yeah, I sure do. So, I mean, it, it's really one of the key parts of relating transit to the communities that we move through. So, yes, although I got the sheriff on the line today, you know, I also have St. Louis City Metropolitan Police Department. I have uh, the, uh, St. Louis County uh, Police Department and St. Clair County. And so you'll see all four different uniforms on the train. And what's neat about that is with the different colors of uniforms and so on, they'll see that folks will see their patch, Mm -hmm. the patch of their local community on then the community that kind of uh, as a web goes over our entire region. And so what, what they're seeing is, oh, you know what? That's the officer who works in, who lives in my community. Uh, That's the officer and he'll be, or she will be riding throughout the area. And that's part of the real, I guess, the sizzle to the stake, to figuring out where we have different ideas and different people from different parts of the community, but working together in one collaborative effort. So you, you talk about all these different agencies here. I know one of the big problems that we were all talking about a year ago, or maybe it was even a couple years ago, was just the dysfunctional relationship between them and the dysfunctional mm-hmm. relationship between them in some cases and Metro security as, as well as contract security. Sheriff Betts, has that situation changed? Yeah, it has. I think due to the training that Metrolink has uh, presented, I think that has helped to bring the, all those different units together in a more cohesive way. You know, we, we know that we have to sit down and interact with each other, and so we have that, uh, again, that same kind of relationship that we have here in the courts with the St. Louis Police Department, we we have to interact with those guys here in the courts, mm-hmm. and so and so again we bring that same attitude to Metrolink. We have to work with all the entities to really make this the, the whole region safe. All of us need to be working in tandem together, not against each other. And I think that's what uh, Metrolink, from what I can see, in in their training of all of of, of my guys and everybody else, I believe they they've helped to kind of. Uh, foster that attitude. Hey, we're all in this together. We gotta, we gotta work together. You know. And then Sarah Talby was mentioning something that I want to kind of go back to uh, us working in the community. We have actually had on several occasions people come into the courts that we have seen, um, and this is my deputy to say, oh yeah, we know him because we see him on MetroLink. Hmm. And so it's that it's that relationship of us being, you know, in the courts, but also on Metrolink. I think Toby is is saying, you the, the people in the community, whether you're riding Metrolink or whether you're in the courts, you see that person in uniform, and that person now you're familiar with that you can then relate to. We don't have to be. It, it, there never has to really be a, a situation when you know that person, you feel like you can approach that person and, and, and talk about whatever, whatever the situation is. So I think that's what has happened. And I think uh, from what I understand, cry, uh, situations have gone down. We've solved a lot of problems. And I'm not hearing a whole lot about stuff happening in a negative way on Metrolink. Toby, are you? 
No, as a matter of fact, all of our numbers are trending in the in the correct direction. But most importantly, you know, Sarah, you mentioned the challenge, the cha challenge of our, our separations as a community. You know, I think that we're confronting some of that. So let me just, as an example, we have a new St. Louis County commander of the Joint Task Force, Captain Webb. She's done a great job. And then with Lieutenant Cruz from the St. Louis Police Department, they actually have a dual patrol right now that's going on that has one county officer and one city officer. So those two uniforms, blue and brown, working together on the same shifts. Hmm. I mean... That is new for St. Louis. That is new for the kind of collaboration that we're seeing. And then they're even pairing those individuals up with our transit security staff, which really helps in helping our staff be more professional. Take it from some of the police professionals. See what the differences are. And uh, pairing up those individuals have, have made a big difference just in those fundamental relationships and just how are we uh, delivering first-class customer service. That's what our goal should be every single day. You yeah. mentioned the stats are going in the right direction. I know during the pandemic, numbers are, are just very hard to compare because I know ridership is way down. It, it has to be way down at this time. But what are you seeing statistically in terms of complaints about safety from riders and, and incidents um, on, within your system? So yeah, they, they are trending in the correct direction and certainly a lot of this is affected by ridership. But right now, year to date, our, um, our uh, part one and part two crimes are way down compared to 2019 and 2018. Now, as a percentage of ridership, you should also take a look at that. So obviously we're, we've gone down in ridership almost 60% on Metrolink and around 50% on Metro bus. Um, so if you take it as a percentage of ridership, the numbers are not quite as good. But it is typical that you get better safety and security when there is more folks, just like in a neighborhood. When there's more folks, more regular citizens on the street, security tends to be heightened. So we are seeing the result of that. But the overall gross numbers, sure, they're way down. I mean... For 2018, I would have, oh, oh, roughly 650 Part 1 and Part 2 crimes. And right now, for 2020, we're tracking closer to 400. So, you know, that is a big difference and a tangible difference. This is just one of the measure and many measuring points, but perception is there as well, and we need to keep ringing that bell. Well, if you're listening to this conversation and you use our public transit system, we want to hear from you. What has your experience been in recent months? Do you feel safe? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. You can also email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. And we will, uh, at that point, also take some callers. We have people very excited to join us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. 
We're talking about security and safety on the public transit system. Our guests today are Bi-State CEO Talby Roach and St. Louis Sheriff Vernon Betts. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. Um, Gina is calling us from St. Louis. Gina, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Hi, thanks, thanks for joining us today. Um, I understand you yourself are a, a daily user of the system. Uh, yeah, I'm technically a captive rider because I don't have a car, so I take the bus to work pretty much every day. So what has your experience been like in these past few months? Um, I have seen some inappropriate behavior from, I think it's G4, the private security staff that Metro hires on the bus. Um, at one point, I actually saw a staffer who had poked holes through their masks and just told me they needed to do it to be able to breathe. Seemed pretty counterintuitive to me. Um, yeah. Um, did you make a complaint about that? Um, I definitely wrote down details and could send it to customer service. I wasn't necessarily interested in getting this person fired, but I did think, and I have seen like other bus drivers and drivers since then with like eating on the bus, not wearing the mask, wearing the mask below their nose, something that I see outside a lot in the city just mm-hmm. during COVID. Well, Gina, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Talby, thoughts on that? Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that too, Gina, but I really do appreciate um, the, the criticism because, look, this is, this is very real. And what we've tried to do is lean forward on mass compliance and all of those aspects. And, and what we've done is we've circled back around and I've, I've taken our safety team. So we do have a, a safety team that regularly performs audits. And I'll be very honest with you, our last month's audit, as far as mass compliance and proper wearing of masks, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough across the system. And so we've kind of circled back at that and tried to see, hey, how can we get this better? And so we've put out some of our fundamental data. One of the things to highlight was just to show a graph at what's happening with the infection rate. Fortunately, look, we're seeing a secondary spike and it'd it'd take your breath away. I mean, quite frankly, we just um, among our employees, uh, July used to be our highest month at 24, November 47. So what does mm-hmm. that tell you? It tells you that we need to uh, refocus our efforts. Look, everybody's getting tired. I'm tired of COVID too. Let me tell you, I can't wait until we're on the other side of this. But we got a ways to go and now we got to circle back to that discipline. We need to work as a community and we're trying to do that with, um, and I want to thank, thank um, for the criticism because we need to do that with our contractors, our individual drivers, and we need to concentrate on getting best mask compliance possible. Um, Gina, thank you for bringing that up. And I understand you also have a thought about the bigger picture, something that you would like to see um, them look at when it comes to what public safety officers uh, could be working on. Tell me that thought. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely part of the wave of protesters, um, a part of Black Lives Matter, a part of people asking to defund the police because I don't see policing as synonymous with public safety. And as a writer, I don't see it that way on the Metrolink either. Um, It seems like Metro policy criminalizes poverty more than it seeks to keep people safe. And if safety is really Metro's priority, I don't understand why we're not giving out masks on the bus, letting people board the back of the bus, putting up more bus shelters, making sure they're all better lit. Like, there's a lot to public safety outside of just putting an armed guard at my bus stop. Uh, Gina, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, Talby, thoughts on that? Sure. So, I mean, so first of all, you may notice that 
Um, we do not have armed guards or transit security specialists. And that was one of the reasons. And of course, we moved our uniforms so that they looked less like police and more like um, you know, service specialists, so that we were leaving the policing and the professional policing to the professionals. And we needed to concentrate on really kind of safety and making the ride more comfortable. It's a completely legitimate criticism and one that we are working on every day. But of course, we've also been out with blitzes, handing out masks, um, trying to get our mask compliance up higher, not only among our employees, but among our customers as well. We'll be out doing that further, just taking staff out on the system and handing out masks. Um, it's a yeoman's effort. It's difficult, but we're certainly doing that. And I think it's a legitimate um, uh, consideration for us to look at from a policy standpoint. I want to thank Gina for that call. Uh, we have Velma calling uh, from North St. Louis. Um, Velma, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, thanks so much for taking my call, and thank your guests for providing such good information for us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us. So what's been your hi, experience? Hi. Is, is that the sheriff? <laughs> no, the, yeah, the sheriff is here, Velma. Hi, Sheriff Betts. Um, I just wanted to say that we have a summer day camp in Fairground Park. And sometimes we have up to 50 children. We've had as many as 87. But for the last three years of our nine-year um, service to the community, we've been using Metro for field trips. Hmm. And it's been very good for us because it's another way for us to teach children uh, career readiness skills, how to catch buses, how to transfer to the train, decorum on both of those um, venues that we use. And it's really kind of nice because sometimes when we have classes at the Science Center, we'll have a series of them, and we have to get the bus at the same time. And some of the people who live in our neighborhood, they're on the bus, or people who regularly ride on the same route. They're looking for the kids, and they talk to them, and they'll ask them, where are you going today? And <laughs> so we, It's really just a lot of fun, and sometimes it's really hard for the kids because if we are slacking in our schedule, we can sometimes miss the grand bus. And, man, you should see those kids running if somebody says, the bus is coming, because they don't <laughs> want to stand there and wait for the bus uh, and, and miss our class or something. Yeah, so It's been a wonderful tool for us. So, Velma, it sounds like overall you've had a really good experience. The kids feel safe. You feel safe uh, riding with them there on, on these buses. Oh, yeah. We go out to Forest Park to the Art Museum, another trip maybe to the History Museum. We go down to the Cardinals baseball game, to the Arch on different trips, and sometimes um, – the drivers have been really friendly because they've taught us how to catch different buses instead of just the one that we knew the same route, like Grand um, to the Metrolink on Grand. We mm -hmm. go down to Broadway now sometime and get the bus. Uh, we can ride straight down to the Arch. It's just been great for us. Boy, Velma, that is great to hear. And how nice to hear that uh, that these drivers are providing this this friendly service and this information. I will say Velma mentioned the idea of missing the bus. We did hear from a number of our listeners on Twitter who are very disturbed about bus routes being cut back. And they say, um, you know, the real lack of security is not knowing whether your bus route is going to be taken away. And then you have these very long waits between buses. Have you had to, to curtail some of these routes of, of late? We seem to be hearing a lot of anger about that issue, Talby. Well, I mean, of late, there's no question that it really in the earliest part of the pandemic, we, we did have some larger effects 
uh, on the system, mostly providing uh, with getting enough drivers out there. You know, quite frankly, we had a lot more quarantines going on at the time. And I want to note that we screen right now, temperature screen, 100% of our employees. And that's one of the health integrity measures that we owe the public. Um, but you know what? Velma really uh, mentions what is the real lifeblood of our system, and that is our operators. So remember, uh, our operators are really the folks who deliver the service, and we need to figure out how are we protecting them, and we're doing our best to do that, and of course, getting out as much service as possible. So I will say, yes, we had some early effects on COVID, and we had some some uh, circumstances where we are a little slow to get service out as associated with getting operators out there. But let me tell you, most of them, they've done a great job. They've showed up to those 4 a.m. shifts and gotten out and moved the city. I'm really proud of our workforce in that regard. Hey, Sarah, can I jump in here? Sure, Sarah. Uh, because I know Velma. I know Velma personally. She's been a servant to the city of St. Louis. He served as alder person and all that. And she has a fantastic program. And so, Velma, if you're still listening, I just want to compliment you on, on what you do. And you're you are using the bi-state to travel. I think that's an awesome way for the kids to get around and to really learn our city and, and stuff. And so we appreciate you, uh, you guys use a Metrolink for your transportation. Well, that's great to hear about Velma's program, and, and we were so glad to, to hear her call. How nice to hear people doing good things in this city. I want to go back to the phone lines. Um, Adam is calling from St. Louis. Adam, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, what, what have you thanks witnessed? Uh, well, I, you know, I would like to, first, before I say anything else, I completely agree with uh, the last caller about how, you know, fantastic for the large majority that all the operators are on the metro system. I mean, they're all fantastic folks for the most part and been extremely helpful. And uh, I think that uh, going into my comments about, you know, safety and things like that is, uh, you know, their safety should be paramount as well. And I noticed that they changed the uh, announcements about masks to say that, you know, some people are exempt. And to be sitting on a bus, I don't think that's anything we need to be encouraging, uh, hmm. especially for the bus drivers um, and the people that, you know, are compliant with the mask while they're riding. Toby, who um, who's exempt from wearing a mask? So, of course, there are provisions under ADA law. So, hmm. for instance, there are individuals who may have respiratory issues or some medical reason like that, that we can't require to wear a mask. Um, so that's kind of a difficult wrinkle. Um, and it is, you know, sometimes some of these regulations do require us to have an announcement like that. Um, of course, what we're shooting for is 100% compliance just because of the sheer safety factor. So uh, it, it is kind of disappointing sometimes to deal with that. But on the other hand, to that individual who has a respiratory issue or some kind of ADA reason that they can't wear a mask, we need to be sure, for, be sure to be careful to, uh, to respect that individual. Hmm. So you feel that, that legally that this is something you have to do. Uh, well, that, uh, boy, isn't that always the way it is in the world these days? We also got an email from Gloria in Crave Core, and I do want to thank Adam for that question. That was not something I was aware of. Um, Gloria writes by email, I've been randomly placing masks at bus shelters and on utility poles where there is no shelter, just a sign. Since June, I have given away nearly 600 masks, which I sew at home. I am one of several people doing this. I hope the head of Metro doesn't object to the blue painter's tape we use 
to tack the masks up. I often go back to the same stops, and I always find that the masks have been taken, which is very heartening. So here are two questions for the Metro director. One, which are the most frequently used bus stops in the metro area, knowing that would help us place masks more efficiently? And two, how does Metro decide which stops get shelters? And by the way, Gloria says she's posted pictures of her bus stop masks on Facebook and Instagram, and you can search for the hashtag uh, STLMetroMasks and hashtag BusStopMasks. Uh, Talvi, do you have any answers for Gloria on those two very specific questions? Well, I'll tell you, I sure I'm not going to object to a little blue painter's tape. That's fabulous. <laughs> I mean, you know, to have folks interested in, you know, the the citizens of the community and protecting the community, gosh, we need more people like that. What a what a tremendous person, and, and thank you so much for that. Um, so, yes, more, more blue tape. I'd love to see it. Um, but of course, so part of our job is, and this, and this isn't, I'm not a specialist in this area, but of course it's in the planning department where we would look at what are the highest frequent, frequented, uh, bus and that's where we may put shelters. Now, of course, there's all kinds of restrictions as to, you know, do we have the adequate right of way in that area? Is there physically room for a shelter there? But making those investments in the community and figuring out how that these stops are more comfortable and easy to access the system is, is very much a part of our job. And I'd be happy to um, uh, put the young lady in contact with, with our um our communications department, and we can work on those uh, bus stops. Okay. Well, we will forward Gloria's email to your people and have you follow up on that. Um, and it has been so great to talk to you both about um, the safety issues that you guys are dealing with and the plans that you've put in place. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get to any more callers today. But um, Sheriff Betts, I'd love to just leave you with one last thought here. What would you want us to know when it comes to um, trying to increase safety on this line? Well, we're, we're hoping that we can continue to work with uh, by state. Talby and I get together, and, and we, maybe with the support of all those uh, figureheads that have some say-so in this, we would like to continue uh, working with Metrolink. we got a soccer stadium that's going to come online here in another couple of years, and I think it's imperative that we have be able to provide a safe ride for all the citizens when we get back to baseball and, 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 and soccer and all that stuff. And then just everyday travel, you know, for the people that, that use Metrolink to go to work, I think it's imperative that we provide safe and secure, safe and secure ride for those folks. And I want to work with uh, Talby and By State to bring that uh, to fruition. Well, Sheriff Vernon Betts, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And uh, By State CEO Talby Roach, thank you. Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy it anytime. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.